0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell with my co-host, as always, Marky D, Marky Davison. How you doing, mates?
1: I'm doing very well. It's another Saturday. Yeah, it's almost August. uh, I think first coming up soon, we have training camp happening. Um, Really excited about the season. And I was just telling you just then off air, it's like we waited all that time. Now it's here, and now everything's happening. Like there's so many. There's big plays, there's Rudolph News, there's man, there's Trubisky, there's Pickett, there's just everything's happening. And as the days continue, when you guys hear this and listen to BTSC along the way, um, there will be, yeah, it's gonna be big plays for some people and, and some some of the offense will struggle and guys won't do this, won't do that. So it's really, it's really funny how it transitions from what will happen to what is happening now and what players are standing out. And then I think, for me, it's hard to really watch some of the stuff. I go through Twitter, but I kind of wait until preseason when I can watch a full game, and then I, can, then I can really see what's happening, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think, like, <clears throat> we are talking about that on, like, on, when we're chatting through the week, and I'm the same. Like, I want to be inspired by training camp. And maybe it's we're on the other side of the world, and we can't, like, just drive up there and check it out. It might be a bit different, but, like,
1: Yeah, definitely. So sit there,
0: and you got to take it with a grain of salt. Like, like you take seven shots, right? Now, yeah, Ben like killed it at seven shots, and it made a big difference down the stretch. Like, you know, fourth quarter comebacks and stuff like that. But like, how much stock can you take in seven shots? Like, put it this way: like, you know, they were saying that Mason Rudolph looked really good with the secondary. I've had questions about the secondary all offseason, so (laughs) I'm sitting there going, "Are they really bad?" And I think they talked. The guys talked about on the preview, like. A, a, you know, a bad, you know, a bad result for the, you know, offense is a good result for the defense and likewise the other way around. So it's kind of like, you know, it's hard. It's hard. I agree with you. It's it's what happens in preseason and what happens during the season. That's what counts.
1: Well, we are, we are so far disconnected, right? So we live in Australia, as you guys know. And, you know, we can't drive down there or we're not surrounded by when we walk into a, a pub or we walk into or pass a local news, you know, newsstand that has like you know, uh, maybe an article about the Pittsburgh Steel and stuff like that. But you do have BTSC online. But what I'm saying is, the culture here is different for you and I. And this is the chance that we we have like the one hour or so to talk about the Steelers. Um, mm. But back to what you said about seven shots. Is that is that dead set? Seven plays, just seven plays, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and they got a score. <clears throat> I mean, right. Yeah. If you, it's like basically if you stop a play, you get a point. And if you if you don't. Um you know, it's a point the other way. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, I think it's just like, I don't know. Like it's sort of hard. Like, and then I know in the preview, they got a bit of a debate about where George's <clears> got like his TD from, you know, whether <clears> it was in seven shots or whatever. Like I, I think it all kind of doesn't really matter to me. Like I, I just sort of think you want to see good plays. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like that, you know, Pickens is standing out. I really like Calvin Austin standing out. Apparently, I've also seen on Twitter that Demarvin Leal it looks really good too. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of think like <laughs> this is all great stuff, and yeah, we'll get to that super chat. Um, so, like, uh, you know, this stuff is important, but it kind of doesn't mean as much. It's, like, but it's what and we he expected, to though, right? Press conference after day yeah. one, and he was just like the you same. Know, asking him all these leading <laughs> questions. He's basically like, guys. It's training camp day yeah. one. Like, get over it. We've got guys reporting for the first time almost. Like, you know, you've been in this business long enough. Like, everyone wants this headline. Well, I kind of think the headline is it's not that big a deal.
1: No. Tom, you know, to Tom like,
0: like call me an idiot, but it's not that big a deal.
1: Tom was like a master class of, like, um, public speaking, isn't he? he? He's just, you know, going through the motions and routine plays routinely. Like... <laughs> Just means he's just, that's just a play. I think to a certain notion, he's probably making a bit of joke out of it too, right? He knows how good yeah. he is. So, and he's been dealing with the media so long. But what I like about Tomlin is he shuts down things straight away. Like they asked him about the QB position. He said, well, it's only day one. We'll see how we go from there. You know, he can't grab too much out of it right now. And so the reporters go, oh, okay. But they're all asking about QB1, which we should be. But at the same time, it really is is is, it's what we should expect. Like we don't want... If we were to see the training camp and people drop, drop fumbling footballs and um, they're they're not playing very well, like no, you want to see them go out there and play? How they've been playing but, the but whole season? But also, does that matter? Like, I'm gonna ask you a question,
0: right? Like, not I, I sat there through the last preseason and and that was like training camp preseason, and all you heard was Jamar Chase was dropping balls left, right, and center. People were like, "How did this guy get taken in the top six players? Like, this is bad. He can't catch a football." Adjustment's going to be hard. And week one, he went out there, I think he went for like 180 yards week one on a couple of TDs and blitzed it all year. And he's probably a top five, yes, a top five receiver right now in the league. Like, d- does it matter? Like ant he's done stuff at training camp have we ever seen anything during a game, even when he's there? No, he trips over his own feet. So, like, I just sort of, yeah, you've got to show out. Like, it means a big deal that someone like a TJ Watt, you know, makes mincemeat out of anyone who plays in training camp. That's important. But just because someone's balling out at training camp doesn't mean they're going to ball out in week six in, you know, the fourth quarter when we need it, right? Like, and that, that's the context that I look at it through, you know?
1: To, to me, most of training camp is really muscle memory, right? You're going through the motions of... of what certain plays yeah, ramping you know, might, up. Yeah. Like even just getting the, 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 um, the cadence in order, the snapping the ball in order, um, the motion in order, stuff like that. Breaking, break, even breaking from the huddle can be, you've seen teams in the past and therefore who don't break from the huddle correctly and they lose a timeout or they lose, they lose plays or not getting in set. All those things. I think training camp is like that. And sure, go out there and Excel and work on your, your footwork and all that kind of stuff, you know, work on body position, um, work on, you you've been an athlete before. Work on like your just your, your rhythm, or just, yeah, your plyometrics, your balance. Yeah.
0: You want to work on your timing, your feel for things, your cadence. Like you want to, you want to work on things like getting college guys up to speed on the rules so they don't do a court claypole yeah, against the Vikings, that's, right? That's, right? Stuff like that's that that's point. really important, right? And 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 this this is the thing about that, like the camp is what are they you know you can't just judge on how many TDs throw someone throws or catches or whatever like I want to know how are the exactly run shorts foot like footwork for Mm -hmm. wide receivers defensive line like as well like offensive line I mean footwork's important no matter what position you play in any sport but and that's a really good point but like how are they running routes what's the timing you know one of the things that stands out for me I think it was Mark Boley that the that tweeted it. Um, someone in our Slack channel, when, like overnight, for you and I, I saw it this morning, put up about, and we will get to the super chat as well in a moment. Um, we want to time that for a discussion on it. But someone put into uh, the the live chat a report from a, one of the, a tweet from one of the reporters, I'm pretty sure it was Marco Bolli, that um, Kenny Pickett had been doing lots of check downs and dumping off to RBs right? Now you can look at that as a fan and sit there and go, oh, I want to see him throw 40 yard TDs to George Pickens. Wrong. I, and I commented on, it on the Slack channel. I said, I'm t- I'm so happy to see that. Kenny Pickett's come from college where he can throw bombs and stuff like that and yeah. run and be athletic, right? This is where rookie QBs get into trouble. The Rookie QBs that do well. And it's what worked for Mac Jones last year. And it's what didn't work for the first six weeks for mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is take check downs, take what's given to you, Take the space. Don't try and force something. And when things collapse, whether it's the offensive line or the play for some reason doesn't develop, or someone doesn't get open, don't try and do too much, right? Because you can that can kill you. That can hurt you. And we know what, like Tomlin was talking down in 2019 with Rudolph and Duck of like, don't kill us. That's all we need with this defense and with a guy like Najee and a, and a guy like Pat Freimuth. We don't need to get 15 yards every play. We just need to get three or four yards every play, not minus two seven you know, run behind the line of scrimmage for one line, like that's for one yard, that sort of thing. So, you know, I think we just got to take things with a grain of salt. I know it's easy to say, and we all want to get excited. Um, But I, I, the thing for me for training camp, it's a good training camp if no one gets injured and, and we've got guys that we thought were third or fourth round depth that now we're seeing, Hey, this guy's really good. Second round depth or this guy's going to push guys in the first team, you know, like, it's like they ask all these questions about Lario to Tomlin uh, on the – I watched the mm. – after day one press conference particularly. <laughs> and he's like, Lario's just come off an injury. Lario's had his best season. We don't need to force Lario to do anything.
1: Lario <laughs> like, j- just got here. <laughs> come on. Like,
0: I just I, – Lario's played for two AFC, <laughs> AFC North football teams. He knows what AFC North football is about. I mean –
1: well, even to that point, it's even even going through the whole day and getting back into like these guys haven't been in a work setting for a, a while, right? Yeah, you know, they've been they've been working on their own in their own off season programs. They're getting getting to know one another. Like it would be a fun environment to be on that football team and build that camaraderie, right? So you're getting around that. So I'm not too worried. If uh, I know a lot of reporters are on on the Twitter Twitterverse is, is saying, you know. Pickett went one for four for, for whatever. Like, that to me doesn't overly matter. Him building the connection with the receivers matters overall to me and building that d- development. But how do, you know,
0: how do you not know that the defense made a play? Or how do you know that the person got blocked right? Or how yeah. do you know that the center snapped the ball right? Or, like, it's very hard. Now, if we've got people there that are saying throughout, like, look, generally this looked great, fine. But we also, we're not on the Steelers' sideline with the clipboard and going, this is what the play was meant to do. Right. And also if anyone's trained in professional sport and we will bring up super chat in just a sec, like anyone's trained in like a high level sport, but I'm sure it's the case in professional sport. Sometimes you will simulate things going wrong. Like that's part yeah, of it. True. Like, particularly like yeah. when we, when I played like, you know, rugby and like a lot of those things, we would simulate the, the wrong thing happen, and how would we react? How would we make a play? How would we fix? What mm. would our solution be? You know, if we got caught, it's, it's different in um, the NFL because you, you know, no matter where you actually set the ball you kind of centered on the field. But we used to work on what if you had more guys on one side versus the other for the offense and the defense? And how do you match up to that and two and three on one situation? So like you you got to, as I say, you just got to take things with your own assault. And the other thing that I thought about too a little bit this week, and you brought it up there, is getting having fun with each other and all the rest of it, right? Like, you know what's like in the first day of school when you haven't seen your mates for a while, maybe it's yeah. all summer or someone's been away or whatever, mate, the first couple of days, are just, maybe it's an Aussie thing. I don't know. But the first couple of days, everyone's, you know, being a little bit silly, you know, things get to the afternoon on day one and day two, and it's getting a bit rowdy, like as if it was the last day of school again. And and that's just what it is. Cause you, you, you know, you're getting back into that mindset.
1: Like, you know, you know, it's yeah. funny. Do you think that you brought up a great point? Do you think the offense will go out and throw an interception on purpose to see what the defense can do? Like maybe could pick it off? Like that, that Canada would tell Pickett to, hey, throw this ball towards Levi Wallace or whoever's out there, Witherspoon, and see if he, you know what I'm saying? Would that ever happen? Or was that, I don't think,
0: I don't think so. Yeah, look, I I think. I'm not sure that part of it would be quite there yet. <laughs> with that many fans around, that's probably something that they might do a little bit more behind closed doors, I think, at this point. Because you don't want day one and day two with the media right. furor to be They would not like,
1: do, do it on purpose per se to do that, but maybe just, you know, yeah, put yourself, Yeah, but you might
0: do, okay, you know, you, if, if they... And also, you don't start doing this stuff until you can get the play right. Right. Like if you can't yeah. execute the play with, you don't focus on what you do if you can't execute the play. No way. Right. Like that's not happening. That'd be a bad but, time. But you might have you might say, okay, in, in this, in this particular route, the, the receiver can go straight or he can he can split more to the sideline. So for the next, you know, five plays, we're going straight, you know, and it might mean that there's a, there's a matchup of, you know, a fast wide receiver on like, let's say it was Terrell Edmonds, and Terrell Edmonds might get a little bit burnt right? But if he's going to the sideline, it moves to the corner of like Levi Wallace and Levi Wallace shuts it down. Right. So like, or, you know, it could be the tight end. And so then Levi Wallace has got to go up there and, you know, disrupt the catch against, you know, Patty Freeman. So I, I just, we don't know what they're, what all the objective of the play could be pick it. You know, your job is to hit the running back on the flat on this play and he can't hit him. And then no one else is open because, and they should be open because they should make the most of every play. For whatever reason, those guys haven't, run the play properly because they know the running back's going to get it. Like, hmm. they're, they're human beings. Like, it's not hard to envisage this stuff. But I want to get to the super chat of Sean Manahan. <laughs> Two bucks in the tip jar. It says, how many people lose their minds if Rudolph wins it?
1: Yeah, I mean. Quite a few, but he's playing well, apparently. So, we'll see. I'm okay. I'll put it there. I'm okay with anyone. I don't I don't care who starts. But I, I think this offense is around Najee Harris and it's around giving, giving frymouth and the big fellas like Pickens and if Deontay stays or if he's going to be the guy there too. And, and Claypool might be moving to the slot, slot apparently too. So I'm not overly worried about who the quarterback is because, uh, and then, you know, a good, a positive thing is too, it's, it's actually good. They're all playing well. We don't want them to not play well, you know? <laughs> well, I like, you know what I like about the slot part and
0: great comment from Jer- Jeremiah Ye- Yoda. That's awesome. Um, but, and, you know, we're really excited to be able to talk, you know, as always and get into the, get into the Steelers and, and the season. But, like, we talk about slot receiver and, like, you've got guys like Austin and Deontay can do stuff out of the slot if he has to. You've got guys like, you know, they're talking at like Claypool and Pickens there. Anthony Miller's another guy that can play there. Pat Freeman can do things. You know, everyone talks – there are some teams that have a specialist slot-wide receiver – I kind of like the idea of the Steelers using the slot-wide receiver as like a wild card, right? Like you True. never know what's going to happen. Like Juju didn't play enough in the slot for me, like on deeper routes, you know, routes that develop shotgun shotgun routes, right? Like I always thought, and he did do a little bit of that when AB was around because AB played on the outside. Mm. Um, but if they can use the slot part, like the other thing too is if they've got, um, you know, I could see plays where, you know, Najee's running out of that depending on like uh, certain formations too. If you've got kind of Haywood around or you've got, um, you know, uh, Derek Watt in there, or you might even have one of the backup running backs if Nichols has played well a previous week or whatever. Like, I, I just like, I think the slot, I, the Steals might go in in the first few weeks with a designated slot receiver, but I think when we look back on the year and you look at the, the lineup at, at the slot position, like who's lined up there the most snaps, I think you'll find it's a lot more even. There's not going to be a massive stand out there, which I really like. I mean, I don't know. I'm just thrilled that like Pickens is, seems to be balling out, man.
1: I can't wait. <laughs> that, that's it, though. Like I think even this year, this offense with the with Canada's um, guys, it's it does seem like a lot of young fellas have a chance to go out there and be, you know, good to great. And this can be something where this is a full control now of the the Canada system, whatever that may be. And if whatever whatever it may be, you know, if it's if it's Trubisky out there, whoever he connects with, and is going to move that ball forward. And then play action pass, uh, or even you know, hand the ball to Najee Harris. And I think this is this is a gonna be a big change, and I hope it is a big change because we see the same stuff we saw last two years. Oh boy, it's gonna be very hard to watch, you know. But I'm excited to see like getting picked oh, up. We've got possibly. guys that
0: can throw the ball, like if
1: they're at that age, yeah, and we've got in and, and, and the receivers the ball down too the field, but forget yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I no, I agree. If if the receivers there as well, like I think Claypool... I've always, I've been off on Claypool, but over the last few days with him interacting with the fans and, and look like, looking like. I liked his interview.
0: You see the interview we did for like about a minute after day one or day two, and they t- asked him why he thought he was better. And he talked about working with, I mean, I thought Brandon Marshall no. was a terrific receiver and he, oh, yeah, he I talked about actually, like, yeah, <clears throat> and, and he talked, it was just a minute, but he answered questions about what he's doing differently. And he admitted, he's like, I haven't prepared, like I should have the last few years. Yeah, no, I. You know what? Like, it doesn't make me angry as a steel fan. Mm. That makes me happy. If you can sit there and realize that, mate, you got a bit of work to do. Fantastic. That's all you and I have asked for mm. for like almost twelve months since like that Vikings game.
1: He he went out after the the first you know year and actually balled out as a rookie, and then the second year just really dropped off. Like, was incredibly a, a bad slump. But I I actually enjoyed him interacting with the fans and getting back at it. And maybe I
0: want. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry
1: no Oh, uh, it's, it's nothing too much. But I'm just like, you know, just get, just getting back to the fans and you know interacting with them. And maybe he hasn't that re- retro factor wasn't there for the last two years. And maybe it's showing him a sense of purpose of like, well, the Steelers are a brand, like a pretty big team. Everyone's around you. Look, you don't have to have chip on your chip on your shoulder. We're, we're trying to support you, but go out there and make yeah. some plays, man. You know, go out and do well,
0: something.
1: Well, well I wonder as well. Right, he had that good
0: year, and then he got a bit bit more on that because if you look at when he was you look at stuff he got drafted and I watched his YouTubes moving into Pittsburgh and he seemed like a really cool casual guy and something got to him there where he focused on building the brand and we talked a lot about that so I don't want to spend time talking about that mm-hmm. sort of stuff but I wonder if after a year and he did do so well Ben got a bit like and Deontay was back in the mix because Deontay had been a little bit into the previous year and you know and what have you and Juju had been in and out I wonder if he thought it sort of went like you know, I'm going to look at the other guys that I rely on more. This guy's getting a bit big, a bit big for his boots in Claypool. Because you think about the comments that he made this re- week in his interview with um, wrong Cook, whoever it is, Cook. Of uh, um, you know, and and you sort of sit there and you're like, well. Yeah, maybe he just sort of said that. Like, I don't think he would have not thrown a ball to an open claypool, but perhaps he sort of went, I'm going to give that, you know, give him a bit less kind of thing. He needs to sort of earn his and learn his place. So, possibly you know, that's ben kind was, of interesting. Ben
1: was like that, man. Of, of like Ben was like that. Yeah.
0: So. But like, <laughs> J-Devil brings up a good question because it's in context with Brian. So, Brian Brown said earlier in the live chat, the Steelers have too many receivers, someone has to go. And J-Devil says there's too many receivers, the best one to Who's going to be the punt return, kick return? So for me, the five receivers right now would be, and then I, I think they should have keep six, but you're like um Anthony Miller, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Austin the third, um who else have we got there? Uh I think who's there's four. With Claypool. DJ? Claypool. I said DJ Claypool. And then the sixth one is either Gunnar O or Miles Boykin. But that depends mm-hmm. on whether Austin's going to field kickoffs or not, like, and punt return and kick return. And I think they should be trialling him there, just personally.
1: But Miles um, Burkin talked about being the gunner as well and how he likes playing the gunner position too. So that might help out as well in that, in that spot. That's I what I Myles think. I, to
0: me, Gunner owes the odd man out. I know they went and got him, but, like, to me, he's the odd man out. He because really is. Do we want another? Do we want another, like, Ray Ray, someone that, like, can't really do anything at the receiving position? That they're receivers. That's their job. They're like you've got mm-hmm. running backs. Like can I? I don't know whether Mick Nichols has done stuff in punt return, kick return when he was in college. Um I think Snell can catch. Also, I like I kind of with punt returns bigger for me rather than kick return because most of the time kick returns now they kick it for a touchback anyway, and the NFL wants to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And, like we are moving to a league where they don't really they kick. You know, they, they no, kick, you're they, right. Kickoff's symbolic.
1: Right. Like, with with the uh, the punt return, you really want to try and get 10 yards to 15 yards average if you can. Now, if you can run one to the house, sure, that'd be fine. But getting getting some positive yards was was fantastic. Now we were, we had Switzer, who was he was the the man or the fan catch, and he was pretty good at it, actually. He knew how to fair catch and and deceive the the, the 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 defense so they wouldn't know where the ball was, and that worked out. But I think there's going to be a place for Miles Boykin if he makes a team and can receive as well and play some gunner positions, but. It's going to be, um, you know, interesting what happens because there are a lot of receivers here and a lot of guys like Pickens and Austin pushing for the, the, you know, the, the chance now to be actual receivers too.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sean sure, Manahan brings up like, <clears throat> what if Gunner me the next Wes Welker? Or Okay, but like, why? Why wasn't he Wes Walker in the Patriots offense that had like defined Wes Welker? I think like, I think the, the issue with I, think, I, I mean think I think it's, other... it's a good call, like it's a fair point, yeah. but I, I just I don't I don't see it, and and I don't see it when you've got questions at quarterback, right? Like if we had an established
1: quarterback, it might be a bit different. I, I don't know. I just I don't I don't I don't see it. Well, the issue with Gunnar Roschewski is like. Well, I guess we went and signed him to be that kick returner. I guess in most minds, we say, "Well, we Gunnar did that Oshesky- with Ryan Switzer. How'd that work out? Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, sorry, sorry, no, but bad. like, he's <laughs> our in, in the minds of steel offense. Like, oh, Gonochesky going to be our returner, but maybe there's a different purpose for him, or Correct. maybe he he may not even make the team. And if somebody else can be, go back there and return um, the punts and play receiver, I think you need you need you probably need to have both. Like, look at the way Randall L used to do it back in the day. He was a receiver, quarterback, and a punt returner. He was a fantastic player, right? You can't just have Switzer or Oshesky who may excel at that position but do nothing else, you know? They need to go out there and play on offense too, and you're exactly right. So I think they go with, with, five, with five or six, but we'll see because we know it's going to be Claypool, Deontay, uh, the two rookies, and we'll see who else comes after that. Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. Um... And look, I, I get it. Sean Manon says they didn't have Tom Brady anymore. I get it, but we don't – like the Patriots now have a clearer answer at quarterback than what we do. So, I mean, that that's the reality there. So, uh, it, it's a hard one. And um, Ron Schultz brings up a good question. Um, and, and that's around, like, do we have the wide receiver depth to let Deontay sit long-term? I mean, you know, there's reports that Claypool has an injury no matter how minor with the shoulder – you know, Pickens is a rookie, so is Austin the third. I'm not sure, but if he's gonna hold out, I'm I'm like move him on. Like there are there wide receivers that are gonna be cut, you know, in, in throughout this preseason process, and there'll be wide receivers that are decent name that can be brought in. Like look at the deal Metcalf signed. deonte G- Deontay Johnson is not worth more than you know, Metcalf. Metcalf with the Steelers is a massive favor, right? And also I'm I'm kind of sick of on your rookie deal, I'm gonna hold out. You mm. sign a contract for mm. four years, mm-hmm. right? That's the contract you're playing on. Sorry. And, and the only position that I think, and I think they should, and I do think they should move this to three years with a um, player option um, is or, or a pay rise based on snaps like they actually do with, you know, the rookie pay scale. But like running back should be the only position where they demand more money because they have a shorter shelf life and they get asked to do so much in college. If you're a wide receiver, like third-round wide receiver, I'm sorry, you can you can sit there and you can play your final year of your contract. There's still so, not a no obligation to pay you more.
1: So you're saying, yeah, go on and play the the four years, whatever you do, and then talk about contract, which would make more yes. sense. But in the, in we'll the start players... halfway
0: through, there should be like a, a window. There should be a the NFL should put in a window, like other sports have, like a, a, yes. a deal. Like in the NRL, they have a window where by August first it's decided, and you can even do mid season transfers. But as of August one, you're set until the season ends, and and it's starting the the bargaining window opens again in November one. But if you're a wide receiver. Like, if you're Deontay Johnson with the with on a rookie deal, you you have to play that rookie deal. And what it should be is, if you choose to sit out, then you're contracted to the team like the tags work for the next mm-hmm. year or two. Like it just extends as long as you sit out. Because how is that? It, it makes a mockery of the contracts in the NFL, an absolute mockery. Well, it turns them
1: into oh, three and a half year contract or three year contracts, and they not really. What's a three
0: year contract?
1: Yeah, they're not not committed to the team because he. So he's really saying. Like, either give me a contract for the Steelers or I'm going to hold in or hold out and then we'll trade and, me. And
0: look, some Yeah, and someone who <laughs> used the argument, well, in a normal job, you know, you can just resign. Fine, right? Fine. Hmm. But this is a bit different because this is a set league with set teams. And he he, he has the gun to the Steelers' head because he's saying, I'm not going to play. And you know what? Cut me and Another team will pick me up and, and might pay me, right? That... That why would the Steelers want to draft someone like that? That that's unfair. Mm. That that weakens the the whole point of drafting someone. I, I think this is these, an issue that the NFL have really got to sort out, to be honest.
1: These and things never really work out anyway, though. Like you, you look at like well, look know, at maybe, that Bell. Yeah,
0: look at Lev Bell. <laughs> Imagine getting paid $14, $15 million a year more than anyone else at running back at the time, bar. I think maybe it was one player <laughs> who was on the end of their deal and it was backloaded. And you went, you go, nah, not paying that. And then you reject 15 and a half a year.
1: Yeah. Come, come on! And now he's Deontay. The, him, the Deontay
0: needs the Steelers more than the Steelers need Deontay.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, And if He's going to do
0: this shit. Move him on. Just move him on. Yeah,
1: 130 percent. Like the, the the stuff with uh, with Bell was was a, was a mockery too, right? When Bell when Bell was like, "Well, I want to go here. I want to go get the highest paid money," and then you end up end up your career just ended. And it, when it went on from to the Jets, to the Bucs, to the Chiefs or wherever, it just absolutely fell apart. So you make a good point. Like, why aren't these players? I know it's got to do with money. But at the same time, when you go out there, you sign a contract for the, for the rookie deal, go and do the four years and then talk about it or talk about it along the way. But they should be showing up and at least participating in in, in drills. You're not showing a good, uh, good, I don't know. I don't know what it is do I know TJ Watt held out too. So it's like, what do you do with that? TJ Watt held out. But I'm going
0: to he- blow up about this. Sorry. I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm just like, you know, what happens next year with, with Claypool? What? Yeah, we're going to like true. start negotiating that one? Like, <laughs> it's just going to perpetuate. Like, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Brian Brown. I'm like, he's like the 66 highest player, 65 receivers, making more, including Pickens. He was drafted in the third round. That's where he was drafted, right? There are every other team, the other 31 teams in the league didn't draft him before the Steelers, right? So the reality is if, even if they want to pay him more, the Steelers have the four, four, the first four years of his career, whether he sits out the, the technically fourth year or the fifth year or whatever. In my mind, they should have the rights to the four years. It doesn't matter, right? That's why you play well in college. I know he got drafted out of a school that's not necessarily a top school. The Steelers took the punts on him. Remember how many people criticized the pick, right? I I wasn't one, but, you know, a lot of people criticized the pick when he's got there. He had the chance with the Steelers. The same crap with AB. Like, uh, there's no one bigger. I've referenced this before on different podcasts, but you read, like, even if you don't follow English football, right? Like, you know, soccer. But everyone knows Alex Ferguson, you know, was the manager of Manchester United for almost 30 years. He sold David Beckham at the height of David Beckham's career because David Beckham, as he admits, got too big for the club. David Beckham thought he was more important than Man U at the time. Now, if you interview David Beckham, I'm sure he, like, res- he definitely respects and loves Man United, and I'm not a Man United fan, but you know he does, and, and he might argue with that. But Alex Ferguson said he was getting too big in terms of control with the team, and no player is ever bigger than the club in any professional sport, and you move them on. Just as Big Ben wasn't more important than the Steelers, the same thing as Deontay Johnson. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I I just, you know, he might be an all-pro and he might have all-pro stats. He he agreed to that contract. If it was, mm-hmm. an, if the contract was an issue at the time, and yes, the rookie wage scale was in, then fine. But you don't sit there and you hold out. But at the moment, to me, he's not holding out. He's just not practicing forward with the team. It, hold out for me is preseason, I'm not going on the field. Hold out yeah. for me is week one, even if they only want to put him in three plays, no, I'm not going on the field.
1: That's yeah. different. No, he's turning up and doing stretches and then you know, and, and holding the clipboard, but he's just not participating in some of the drills right now. And that's that's what it is. But uh I think it will sort itself out no matter no matter how it does, because I think you're right, it's team first mentality when we have a lot of receivers there. If Deontay Johnson gets picked up by another team or traded or whatever, sure, that's okay. But if he, if he doesn't, then hopefully he plays this year and goes out there and plays hard for the contract, maybe with the Steelers or maybe with another team.
0: I, I mean don't, look, I, don't, like, yeah. I don't want anyone to like be you know question think that I don't like DJ. I really like DJ. I Same, do so do I DJ's here, great. But I but I don't think DJ's worth more than 14 or 15 million a year. And he's gonna want 18 million. I think that I think that's a oh. bare minimum for him. And so I just I I'm sorry, I'd rather them spend 18 million next year getting two awesome offensive linemen. And that segues in because we've got about 15 minutes of the show left. Um, we've seen a few things this week about the offensive line and how are you feeling about that with the offensive line and some of the things we're hearing and the con- comments from Kendrick green and like, it's mm. yeah, it's kind of interesting. Hey,
1: I'm kind I'm kind of okay with it. Like I just want to see, you know, I guess the starting five go out there and be cohesive as, as a team. And it's, it's, it's just so brand new. Like I know guys, like it's just so different with our big band, this new era, you know what I mean? So, I'm I'm keen to see like Dotson go out there again, and if, if maybe Green might play there or Green's playing at centre. I don't I don't know. Do I know? No. <laughs> you know Mason Cole's out there, um, but I'm keen to see these fellas. Like what I what I saw him walk down the tunnel or out of the onto the you're Like these players look like they're starting to get ready. Right, this is the chance now. Go out there, put the pads on. Like I said, be, get get involved in the motion, break the huddle, um, go into your stance, and and do all the fundamental things right. And I think that's what we need to see how training camp is. Not, not you know, not the, the the big block on someone, but like the fundamental things of going out there, breaking the huddle, right, the right stance, right, uh, right technique, and stuff like that, and just becoming a unit. Because we know from the years past when the offensive line is a unit, it's so hard to stop. The Ramon Foster well, days, yeah. And, stuff and, like and,
0: that. and and to me, like everyone talks about, like it's between Dotson and Green at left guard. I think people are dumbing this down. Like I, I think if if Dotson's playing well and Green's playing well. And Cole's okay. I would be putting Daniels at center, particularly if they, they plan on playing Kenny Pickett. You need a you need someone in there at center that's just hundred percent reliable, right? I'm not saying that Cole isn't, but like I think Daniels is better, can be better at center, and make a bigger impact. And I think Green can make a bigger impact at guard potentially than what Cole will make at center, if that makes sense. So if they're going to go pick it, I just the amount of listening I've, and reading I've done about how, and you look at the stats about how important an experienced center is to a younger quarterback. Like uh, it's very hard to, to move around, like to argue with that. And I also think the movement, you know, that KJ offers with in the Matt Canada of where you want to, you know, roll out a you know, um, a guard as well or a center is going to be really important. The Steelers like that's what they loved about Pouncy too. So yeah. I, I'm going to be interested to see how this takes form, but I think to me, I hopefully throughout the preseason, we see some different combinations. I think the tackles need as much time as possible. Like Dan Moore needs as much time as possible. I think Four needs as much time as possible, um, but I'm interested to see the way they work that interior group around and try different combinations. I want to see more of LeGlue than Hassenhauer. I think leglue has got more of a future there, but I don't, you know, I, I want to see people in different positions. And one of those is seeing, making sure that Daniels gets some reps at center. Cause I, I see a world where he's called upon to do that.
1: Yeah. But it's also interesting, too, right? Cause this, this whole O line group is pretty young, right? And the whole, actually, all, offense is really young. I think, mm. is it the, 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 the oldest guy is what Daniels, maybe 26 or like 27. I
0: thought he was younger than that. I think he's younger than that. I right. thought he was well, like 25.
1: Well, there you go. I, I think he's the oldest one out of the whole group. Because all of them are really like pretty much second year players or third year players. Um What well, well, is third or fourth year player, but still yeah, like- he's
0: twenty four. turn twenty five just as the season starts.
1: Is he is he the oldest one then out of the, out of all of them? Must be around that age. Uh,
0: no, I think a core four is the same age. Right, but still,
1: we have a very young, young group, right? Com- compared to yeah, the other days, now. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure a core four is twenty six. Right. So yeah, we need some people to take some leadership on that on that group as well, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to how they how they work with the quarterback, whoever that may be. Right. So I'm I'm keen. Oh, to see Kevin Dotson's
0: they're... older actually. <laughs> oh. Kevin Dotson's 26. Crawford is 25. Is yeah. Mason Cole's yeah. 26. Okay. Ashton oh. 27. John LeGlues, 26.
1: Right. So yeah. we're all around that, that mid range of like that's. There's no one to... older than
0: 28 apart until you get to Hague, I think.
1: There you go. See, so it's not that it's a very young offensive line for Chaz this, Green's this
0: 30. Yeah, Joe Haig's 30. I mean, even Haig's technically still a little bit young. This yes. Trent Scott guy out of Grambling, he's
1: 28. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> still his well, birthdays. Yeah, welcome to the happy birthday segment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Sean Manahan puts two dollars in a tip jar. Oh, I almost put him in timeout. Um, As long as we don't have a center snap over their quarterback head. I mean, yeah. And, and look, I, I, you know, I think George Chesson said, I, heard, he said he heard Daniel struggled at center. It's one of those positions where if you're not doing it day in, day out, like you're going to have to warm up to that a little bit. Like, so I, I think we've just got to be like, you know, we've just got to be measured in our expectations. Be, <laughs> I know that be, sounds like really buzzkill. We need to be, like, you
1: know what's was funny the other day on the preview, I think Jeff was talking about it, like, we always expect the next thing, right? It's the instant gratification. And then we, that's what they, they, they talked about that. And yeah. we got, we have training camp. What do we want next? We want preseason. What do we want next? We want the game. What do we want next? And then the season's over. It's over. It's you know, gone. there's
0: part of me, this is going to sound really bad. There's part of me that wants the playoffs right now. I just want to watch them compete. Yeah, but then, it, like, but then it's I over. I fast
1: forward, you know. <laughs> like, you know, but then we've got to wait another year. Like, I don't want to wish away another year watching or waiting for the season. No, series.
0: no, anything. I don't know about you, but I feel like this season has been a longer off season than last year.
1: I, I think, yeah, I think it has to a certain certain degree. I, and I think does, it, it has way. been
0: too because of all the change. So there's, there's been less like, we know this person's going to fit in here and that's mm-hmm. not changing, but because like so much has changed
1: across the board, like, well, it's pretty crazy. From general manager to QB to, you know, all these other, all these often uh, free agents coming in and, you know, brand new team. Latrobe's back. So, the influence of that. Um, three preseason games now, like there's a lot of change, and we are destined to become the fourth in the AFC North. But yeah, it's it's like don't, yeah, we're just gonna be patient, go through the motions, and there'll be a preseason game coming in about 14 days or whatever it is, and then we'll be like, Oh my, what happened? And then we'll move on to the next one. But I like the way it's progressing at the moment. I think it's it's fun to get around these players like Pickett, Najee, those dudes, and it's like this is a new era, this is a new era of the Steelers. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. What did you think about the running back acquisition as well?
1: Oh, who's that bloke? Uh, Mick, Jeremy Nichols. Mick Nichols? I got a theory on this. So I haven't really looked at it because I know a lot of players, you jump down, you, you go and look at the highlights and the stats. right? I've looked at nothing because I, I think about it as, well, that's I his like past, this. right? That's his past. And we have now only probably a f- training camp and a few days away to judge him when we see him play preseason. Like, why would I go and bother? No offense to if I should do my homework, like Kyle Amaro, uh, Murray wasn't doing, right? Um, why would I go and look at the stats and stuff like that when he can literally play in about a few days? <laughs> you know, I'm just keen to see him play, and then and then, I'll, then the I'll thing like, is, okay. like
0: a lot of people, like for me, I mean, I did go look at his stats. Obviously, like that's just what I'm like, and like you know, Daniel H under 500, get out of here. Um, (laughs) but basically like I looked at it and, and to me, he hasn't done as much as what some people think he has, but I was actually surprised about some of his receiving stats. I think he's going to fit in well. I think I'm like, you know, and I know him, you know, yeah, Look, see people already like fans of him. Cool. Like, I I think he's going to help. I think he's better than Ant Mack of what that in terms of contribution he can make today. Is he, can he play, you know, 30 downs game? I don't know. Um, that's, a, that's a question mark. No one knows that because he hasn't done it. So, you know, that it just is what it is. But I, I still sit down like, you know, you don't know who's going to be cut throughout this process. There's another really all. good running back. They become available. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and go, no, you're not coming in because of Jeremy Nick, Nick Nichols, right? Like, so, well, wait, but I do funny. like it. I like that they went and got someone. And mm-hmm. remember when we predicted the roster, I said very clearly there's a, the depth chart will include a running back, not on the roster right now. What do you
1: know? Oh, they cut my guy. They cut my guy, Trey Edmonds. He's my guy. Oh, you have to fight Je- um Jeffrey <laughs> Benedict for it. It's his guy too. I like I like the way he played the uh, played the game. I know he only had a few runs, but maybe it was that 45-yard run was just like big guys running down the field like that. But yeah, back to back to McNichols, right? Yeah, I, I'm keen to see what he can do in training camp and and, and if he can be a two or three, because it's really going to be pressure on Snell and Mc, and McFarlane. And let's go on, guys. Like First preseason game, just run the ball eighty times, and, and just show me what these what these running backs can do, please, please. <laughs> and
0: there's a live chat, Daniel. Uh, look, I get where you're coming from on the minus five hundred. I just don't. I'm just not betting against Tomlin's record on <laughs> this defense. I just no, if you if it. you had
1: to have one bet, and you're like the look at the history of Tomlin. You'd be like, no, you go the opposite. You go. Uh, the stats say he has a better chance to be four than 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 less uh, exactly. less five hundred. Yeah, even if so. and he'll
0: they'll he'll find a way to draw if he has to. Like they had an even sure. season last sure. year, seventeen <laughs> games. Like, um, you know, and Ron Schultz says he thinks Benny will be released. He's too slow. The Steelers, like, even off what he's done so far, they're not like they look at the way they kept Jalen Samuels. They're they're not they're not getting rid of Benny Snell on the rookie deal with what he offers them. He's the guy that's been there in that locker room and knows those plays mm-hmm. more than anyone. He, he's not going anywhere it's just not happening (laughs) it's not happening um anything else about the offense because obviously we'll talk about defense next week but is there anything else about the offense that you thought has been interesting through training camp or you want to see as training camp camp develops
1: no i'm just kind of interested in interested in the the coaches too like just to see schematic wise what is happening Uh, i saw little bits of videos from fans or reporters on you know the seven shots stuff like that but I'm just intrigued about how it's going to work overall. If they're going to go into shotgun, if they're going to go into more motion, if they're going to go into play action. Mm. Um, yeah, I think shotgun's
0: yeah. going to be interesting because we had a yeah. lot of shotgun with Ben versus what are we going to have and like with what Mason Rudolph's comfortable with. But how does that translate to what, you know, what these these next set of quarterbacks come with? Like I would have thought like, Pickens, sorry, Pickett, it would be something he'd be comfortable with. But then you'd think, you know, Mason and Trubitsky, it's probably more play action under center right.
1: sort of stuff. Even, even I think Mason Rudolph said that in, you know, in a tweet I saw was like, he was saying okay. he was comfortable comfortable with the play action uh, passes. But I'm intrigued as well to see how they're going to, you know, manage Najee Harris's, uh, you know, reps, but also how are they going to just disguise him where you can't tell the defense they're going to run the ball straight every single time. Let's get involved in some motion. Let's get involved in some some screen work or some getting involved pickings or some um, you know one-on-one matchups with maybe Claypool versus the the third best corner stuff like that, like stuff that you probably meant to do, where it's like the mismatch of the offense versus the defense.
0: Deontay versus his contract terms.
1: <laughs> 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 oh mercy! <laughs> I don't know. You can't. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no, we have paid no millions of dollars
0: a year to play football. I'm like, you know, and I'm not dumbing that down. It's just I, so many people would love to be in that position. I just,
1: <laughs> it, is, it is kind of funny because I think of a sense like, like if I was already moved into Pittsburgh, I would probably cut maybe seven million dollars off because I've got my house there, my family there, and you're still getting ten million dollars a year. Is not that not fine? Just but that, but in saying that, there's greed and money, money talks, right? So. But yeah, I'm I'm so intrigued to see what this offense can actually look like, and it won't we won't know until a few weeks into it, right? As, as the season progresses, but somehow you got to h- hide Najee where Najee can go and do the work, but don't tell the defense that you're running the ball all the time and use the, the run. That's
0: why I think they're gonna have to use him in the slot. I think they're gonna have to use him in the slot or motion him into the slot. You know, like I think that's 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 how it's got to go. Otherwise, it's gonna be obvious that they're using him all the time.
1: This is this is actually probably the best. Best time to be a Steelers fan right now. The new era of no Big Ben and we have whatever quarterback we may use. And I love Big Ben, but yo, it's a whole new offense. You know, it's it's, it's like, uh, what, how can you not be excited for this? Whoever it may be, because this is the time now. Well, if it does struggle, well, come on, Canada. What are you doing, mate? You know, you've got how many, how many? look, how many weapons does he have? <laughs> even Even the guy fighting with a contract. Like how many weapons? Come on, man.
0: I mean, I think Austin III is going to be like
1: – Yeah, another guy too, man.
0: He's going to be a guy. That's, mm. It's it's not going to be early on too. It's going to be like week five or six, and there's just going to be some play, and Austin's just going to go nuts. And then it's going to be Austin fever for like three or four weeks. It's just going to be
1: – Well, I'm excited for the preseason too for that as well because you, you know obviously they were not going to show everything, but the guys who are backups like Snell and those guys, I think you have to go out there and – I don't care if it's the guy, if you're versing a third linebacker, go and run him over, go and show I your I want to see
0: Matteo Durant truck someone, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like go and show your dominance and go out and win. I, I, they say it doesn't count, but it does feel like, I think we kind of need a win. I, I think we kind of need a win for, to verse Seattle uh, at home and just get that vibe back up. We're like, yes, we played well today and, and build that. You know, it's like the Ravens. The Ravens have never lost a preseason game because they're crazy. They won like 20 in a row. Because they go yeah, there, yeah. Because
0: they like a go for the oh, almost, almost <laughs> the swear word out there. Um, they'll always go for uh two points, you know. Daniel H asks to close out the show. I think it's a good question to close out the show with, and appreciate the um feedback, Clint. Really key to be here. Um, but um, Daniel says to find success this year for the more than five hundred playoffs. Win a playoff game. To me, I think winning a playoff game is a pass mark, but I, I want to see them win a couple of playoff games. I, I'm sick of seeing one rounded out.
1: I tell you what. I tell you what success is to me. And I think he's looting that. You know the Tom never had a losing season. I think that uh, some fans don't like Tom, and I just really can't understand that. Tom going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think it's the point now we we need to respect you don't like Tomlin. Tomlin.
0: You don't like Tomlin? Keep it's Roxy, crazy. You would, it's crazy,
1: mate. hundred percent. If you're at the moment don't like Tom one, there, there's something going on in your head because right now I think I think Tom deserves respect. He's the most win. He's the 16th most winning coach in the NFL. He will go to the Hall of Fame. I will be there no matter if it's going to be 2045. I will be there, so that means he's playing for the next <laughs> eighteen years. So deal with it, right? But success to me is is what was happening now is growing. If Kenny Pickett goes out there and plays really bad, and then next next few games he get, he starts throwing, he starts playing better. One thing we forget as steel fans, and I know this for sure, is we are all focused about the Super Bowl, but you forget about the ride. The ride is is getting behind Najee in the progression of the player. The, the ride is the, the progression of the player being Kevin Dotson or Trubisky. Oh, it's it's like the
0: questions that are out there at the moment that we had early on the show. And, and I think we've got to close out now. But like, you know, everyone talks about will the fans go nuts if Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. You can go nuts. But imagine a world where Mason Rudolph is the quarterback and the Steelers go 10 and 7. 10 and 7, right? Or Or 9, 6 and 1. Oh no, it would be 9-7. Yeah. Like, you sit there and you're like, well, it's not exactly the worst considering that offensive line. So I just, you know, I'm not saying he should be the quarterback at all. I think other people should be the quarterback. That's my honest opinion. But I'm just saying, if he's the quarterback and they make the playoffs, I don't, I, like, you can't sit there and go, Mason Rudolph shouldn't have been the quarterback. Because that was what the Steelers went with. That's what they played with. Ultimately, they're a team around that. Like, it is what it is, and regardless, this team needs to ride Najee this season. Like that that's it. So, anyway, with that, I think that wraps up this week's Steelers touch down under. I'm Maddie with Marky D as always. Go Steelers. Oh,
1: how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.